Hey, welcome to the Best Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Fennessy, and I'm joined by Master Anna Planner, Donna Schumar. During this podcast journey, we hope to explore high-level Anaplan modeling concepts and connect you, the listener, with the expert Anaplanners that are at the forefront of the platform's innovation. Stay tuned for thought-provoking conversations with our amazing guests. We plan to feature guests that span multiple industries, such as retail, finance, supply chain, sales, and many others, as well as bringing in pioneers in advanced data modeling and data integrations. Our goal is to provide our audience with as much free knowledge, value, and insights into the ecosystem. So we hope you join us in that mission. Welcome to the Best Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Fennessy, and I'm joined by Master Anna Planner, Donna Schumar, as always. And we have another awesome guest for you guys today, Sorja Rudra. Uh, another independent solution architect within the Anaplan space. Welcome, Sorja. Glad to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Uh, so j- we love to just go through a quick kind of, not a background check, but we love to get, get an idea of what your background is, um, some of the uh, work that you've done before Anaplan, what brought you to Anaplan, things of that nature. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so as far as kind of education background goes, um, yeah, my Primary background is in finance. Went to Georgia Tech here in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, got a got a bachelor's in finance over here. And then uh, really took a little bit of a detour before kind of getting into Anaplan. I was a I was a high school math teacher for a little bit, um, so moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, taught high school math over there. And uh, did that did that for a couple years uh, before kind of getting into consulting. Um, I had interned for consulting firms like all throughout college, and I just. I think I was, I think I was just looking for something different to do right out of college and uh, education was something I was really passionate about um, from a policy standpoint, uh, something that interested me a lot. And uh, I figured what better way to understand the the game than to get right into it and by being a teacher in the classroom and uh, Teach for America was a, was a great program and uh, really kind of helped us uh, get that experience that that we were looking for. But after the two years, I decided to kind of part ways um, with that particular job and, and decided to go ahead and try uh, try my luck in corporate. And so I uh, started out at Deloitte Consulting and I started out in their Anaplan practice that was kind of uh, really, really growing at the time uh, when I was there. So I would still argue it was kind of at its infancy, but uh, had a, like many practices across a lot of firms, had a ton of uh, you know, ton of growth, hiring a lot of people, lots of lots of really cool projects. And Anaplan was also kind of they're really expanding their product, uh, really great features coming out. You know, that was still during the old UX, right? Um, the old dashboards, and um, but it was taking the industry by storm. Lots of lots of different types of industries were were getting into it, and so uh, that's where I kind of started out. And uh, first project over there was a bit of a it was a retail project. And uh, had a lot of fun with that. Really, really learned Anaplan. Uh, flew to international uh, kind of travel involved in that. So that was a lot of fun. And then um, after about a year, uh, I decided to kind of, you know, I wanted to make sure that I got a little bit more technical. And so I uh, went over to uh, a small, a smaller shop called Achille uh, out in Dallas, Texas. And uh, that's where I, that's where I really kind of honed in a lot of I wore a lot of hats just because it's a smaller shop. And so you got to, you get to kind of dip your toes in a lot of different um, kind of uh, 
job titles, I guess, your functional and your technical, you're doing end user training, you're doing requirements, you know, you're doing a little bit of it all. And um, so that, that's something that really appealed to me over there. And, and then, you know, I got a chance to be a solution architect at, at Slalom. And so I came over here, came, came over to Slalom and, uh, and I uh, got a chance to kind of be a solution architect uh, in the Anaplan practice. And I had it got, um, and then decided to just kind of go on my own here and, and, and kind of take ownership of project flexibility and being able to kind of say yes or no to projects that, that I wanted to take or didn't want to take. And, um, you know, gives you the flexibility to hone in, you know, what industry do you want to work in? What kind of use case do you want to work in? Um, so it really gives you that flexibility. And I thought that was, that was really appealing, um, kind of going independent. And so, um, you know, obviously have an awesome community that, that I'm a part of and know, know quite a few people now. And, uh, that's all that always, that definitely helped me take the leap kind of going independent, which is always kind of, I think a scary step as, as I think a few of us would agree on this call. And so, um, and so it was, it, it was good. And so far it's been, you know, just a couple months in here, but it's been, it's been great so far. Yeah. I think it's really relieving kind of working, working your own hours and your own, uh, your own clients. Uh, there's something to be said about that, uh, that, that level of flexibility. Awesome. So, so you wanted to be a teacher out of school, is that correct? Or is that something that you took a little detour doing the teach for America stuff and then, uh, or, or is that something you wanted to do long-term? Yeah. You know, I, I don't necessarily know if I wanted to be a teacher for the rest of my life. I think it was more, um, education is just something I'd been just really passionate about. So I think some of it stemmed from, you know, um, I am, I'm, I'm deeply kind of interested in politics and policy, um, and, and how it affects the general population. And education was something that the kind of, uh, was always in the back of my mind. I went to a really great high school, uh, public high school. Uh, but you know, that was dictated by where my parents moved and, uh, kind of the opportunities that I was exposed to. And so what, one of the things I realized when I was in high school is I would go tutor at this middle school and it wasn't in such a great part of town. And, and, and I would just, you know, it was just different that that's all I really knew back then is, is it was just different. And, um, it wasn't until I got to college, you know, start getting into more details about policy and, and gentrification and, and the kind of the divide that we have in education, um, really within, within the same cities across the United States. And so Teach for America's mission was, was kind of to, to talk about that, to educate people about that, to help, help battle that on, and on many fronts. Um, and so, you know, uh, really I had, I had coffee with a recruiter and, and re I just love what he was saying. And, and I figured, you know, what better way to learn about what's really going on in schools than to be in one of those schools and, uh, and really just kind of get some hands-on experience and, and, um, and, you know, do, you know, do what I can with that experience. And, and I think what's, what's really cool about, uh, you know, working with an organization like Teach for America is, you know, their goal is to, yes, put teachers in classrooms and in those communities. But really the goal, the, the end goal beyond that is, is yeah, sure. Stay in the classroom. Definitely. That's really important. But the other part of it is, is educating people that these problems exist. And because for, for the large, you know, for the vast majority of America, um, we're, if we're fortunate, we're blind to what's going on in, in most uh, inner cities um, in the, in the cities that we live in. Uh, you know, pick any city in America. And it's the same, uh, it's the same story across the board. One of the things that Donish and I always talk, and if I can kind of relate that, that back to Anaplan and maybe pick, pick your brain a little further there is I, I think Donish and I have talked in the past that there certainly is plenty of opportunity within the Anaplan space to 
um, kind of all, you know, work off of what's currently there and, and their knowledge base and the community and the training that they currently have. But how do we expand upon that, create more opportunities and create more pathways into some of these uh, Anaplant related jobs? Because one of the other things that I was, you know, curious about your time at Deloitte, did you specifically, was it an Anaplant specific role or was it more of a, a general finance role in, uh, I guess, how did you, if it was an Anaplan role, how did you um, land that specifically with no Anaplan ex experience? And did you leverage your finance background in those discussions? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great question. You know, I certainly, I think they certainly knew I had a finance background. And so that definitely plays well um, with kind of how they decided to do staffing. But, um, you know, I was an analyst there. Uh, you know, you don't really get too much, uh, say and and kind of which direction and honestly i mean you don't really know much as an analyst you're you're kind of starting out you, you need to gain experience right that's the, that's the whole point of it um and so i was honestly thrown into anaplane by sheer luck um luck now uh, when you know looking back on it um because i don't you know had i joined maybe another month later who knows what that project would have been right um so it was, it was completely by sheer luck that i think I, I, I was placed in the anaplane practice i think part of it was just that they needed they needed people there they needed resources and um, and I just got, I just got really lucky, um, by being one of those people. And it was, a uh, it's great, you know, great, great time there certainly was able to leverage a lot of my finance background just because of how Anaplan's use cases usually are. They're pretty finance heavy. Um, and so that was, that was a really good marriage. But then, uh, you know, the second piece of that is also, you know, as you guys know, is Anaplan, you, you got a lot of end user training to do. And that's where that's where the teaching that's where the teaching background kind of unexpectedly came in for me. It's you know it's this level of you know one level of patience and level of um, kind of breaking concepts down into little blocks and little chunks for people to consume. You know it's really how you'd approach it in the classroom as well when you're kind of coming up with a lesson plan to teach some sort of subject or anything like that. Um, it's really really, really very similar concepts. And so um, that, that was surprising to me and how kind of that translated over to, to kind of my Anaplan work. And now, you know, it's even, it's even more relevant as, as you know, larger projects come into place and you have even more users and, and whatnot. To kind of piggyback off of that, though, I actually know quite a few teachers who've recently entered into the Anaplan ecosystem. So it's interesting hearing you talk about that. Is there, like, what facets of teaching do you think translate well? I know you mentioned the end user training. You know, you know, I think that, you know, I think what's, what's interesting is that the technical skills, you know, give it a couple of months and you can, you can get somebody trained up, right. And, and then get them some project experience and they'll be, they'll be on their way soon enough. What I think what's harder to teach actually is those soft skills um, that I think teachers um, innately have. It's the, the patience, the, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's not easy learning a new, a new, a new software. And I'm speak I'm talking from an end user perspective, like for our clients, you know, it's, it's certainly not easy when, when you've been doing something for years and years one way. And so, um, you know, as a, as a trainer slash teacher, your job is to kind of break those old habits. Okay. Well, why are we, you know, why are we breaking those habits? Like, okay, we have a better process. Okay. What about this process makes it easier? Okay. So you should, you know, you, you kind of, you're able to do kind of an, an AB test of, okay, this is what you were doing. This is what we're doing. This is why this is, this is why this is far better. And then these are the clicks to, these are the clicks to get you there. Right. It's, and it's about really taking a, a large, a large topic or subject or really a process flow in their business process 
and breaking it down into steps that they would take to actually do that on dashboards and Anaplan, right? I mean, that's how a teacher would approach it in a classroom. You, you're trying to teach somebody the, uh, the I, was an, I was an algebra teacher, so you know, I, I think about quadratic formula, right? You're, some, you're trying to teach the quadratic formula because it's like, okay, why do, you, why do you need to learn the quadratic formula? Okay, well, it's great if you know the equation, um, that's, that's wonderful, but how do you know what parts to plug in where and why do you even need to do that? Like, what's the larger picture, right? That's where the business process comes in. And, and then the clicks are, okay, well, you got this formula. We got we to gotta input very specific things into very specific places and we get an outcome. Is the outcome what we expect it to be? And does the outcome make sense in the context that we're doing this or solving this problem in, right? All of those things I think are things that teachers work with on a, on a daily basis. And it's really that, it's really the why and the how that I think um, require a lot of soft skills to, to get across the table. The technical skills I think are, 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 uh, are easier, to, easier to teach in the soft skills for sure. One of the things that I'm certainly interested in knowing is, do you have any plans in, in the future to potentially generate some of your own Anaplan content or, or knowledge uh, to share with people? I know that Donish and I have definitely seen some gaps in the in the ecosystem there, um, specifically as it relates to like project experience versus your pure in the classroom experience um, and kind of marrying the two, those two experiences and giving people that um, may come not, not have a financial background or not have an Anaplan modeling background at all, how it, but they're curious about the space and want to get into that potentially as a career. How, you know, how do we teach people Anaplan with a kind of like a project mindset behind it as well? Some of those nuances. So do you, did you have any ideas or plans in the future for anything like that? At the moment, I think the answer is no, um, but it's something that it, that has definitely crossed my mind. Like you said, I think I think everybody in the space would kind of agree with um, the fact that you know, yes, you can you can get trained up, but then getting trained up and getting the certifications and having project experience with those certifications are two different or two different things. And and really, I was lucky when I first started out because um, you know I, there was a solution architect that I worked with. Um, that I gained a lot of knowledge from. And, and every step of every kind of milestone in my career, um, there's been a pivotal person that's helped me get to kind of that next level. And, you know, a training doesn't really get you there. You, you need the people, you need the support system to kind of get you there. And so, um, you know, definitely where I stand right now, you know, I think the most important thing is, um, you know, when somebody, when somebody asks for your help, you know, you, you give it to them because this, our ecosystem is pretty small. You know, it's, uh, there's not a lot of people in it yet or right now. And, and when you, you know, when somebody is, is, has a question about a project or something like that, um, or a specific use or a specific way to apply something in a specific use case, you know, I think it's important that people, multiple people get together and try to uh, go at it because you come at it with different perspectives. So, you know, something that worked on one project could apply something that worked on another project couldn't apply, right? You need to kind of talk that through and you really can't do that unless, unless you get a bunch of heads together. And, and that kind of goes back to the point about why I was so hesitant to go independent is because, you know, when you work at a, when you work at a firm, you have access to a lot of uh, resources in terms of people, thinkers, solution architects that you can, you can kind of ping or just chat with. And, and you know, that's extremely valuable. Um, and so that was one of the things that, 
helped me kind of make the leap is I felt like I had enough of a network that I could reach out to um, if I had a question about how to design something or if this was the best path forward or really just to call somebody and be like, hey, do you have a better idea than what I'm about to do? Right. Because that's that's at the end of the day, how you how you really learn. Now, as far as how you document that, to, to share that with with outside, you know, outside resources and outside parties. I, yeah, I, I certainly don't have the answers to that. Um, I think I think that's something I'll be thinking about as I as I kind of continue on. But, you know, the one thing that I've found is, you know, I've you know, and whether it's fortunate or unfortunately, I've been put on such um, kind of different use cases. I've never had the same one twice, uh, which is which I think is is can be a good uh, can be a good thing because you get a variety of experiences. But um, there's definitely similarities that you catch between all the use cases. Definitely, absolutely. Um, but it would be it would be very cool, and I think there are some people that are out there that are starting to do this that kind of have have started kind of like a white paper of what um, exactly what you know exactly what supply chain planning looks like in Anaplan. You know, that's a relatively new space. Or you know, territory and quota. Um, FP&A. There's, I think, there's actually a lot of resources out there for that right now. Um, but some of the new use cases, I, I think there, there are some trailblazers uh, within our community that have that have done quite a bit of documentation. Retail. Um, I think we all know uh, one in, in retail that has done a lot of work in that space, and and um, and and he's very uh, you know uh, public with with a lot of that knowledge and his demos and whatnot, and. Um, and, and and that's awesome. I, I think that's that's incredible, and 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 it's awesome to be a part of a community like that that's so willing to share that information. Um, I, I don't know if my experience is is ready to is ready for a white paper like that. I think I think you know I still certainly um, have every project is you know I I'm you're always learning something on each of these projects, and so um, I I think I think this is like maybe a few years down the line kind of thing for me versus. Right now, you know, I, I feel very comfortable in kind of that architect role, and I and I want to continue to kind of hone in on that that area and focus in there. And but I think eventually, just through natural client relationships, there will there will come a time where um, I can really kind of be a uh, one of those experts that that are able to kind of white paper something about a specific industry. Yeah, would you would you suggest to to somebody new trying to get into this space? Would you suggest they try to? Uh, link up with a with one of the partners in the ecosystem to get their foot in the door. I, I know that one of the things that you referenced and and we talk about uh, the challenges of going independent, although it'd be an awesome journey and there's a ton of challenges there. The network, I think, is the key key piece there. Is that one of the pieces that you or reasons you would suggest potentially getting your foot in the door at the partner, not just for the the learning opportunity, but to start to kind of garner that network if going independent was something you would want to do in the future? Yeah. You know, yeah, I think it's a great question. I think, I I think it really comes down to what that individual is, is really looking for. You know, some people, people learn differently. I know, I know for me, the right path was certainly working with partners and and, and clients because um, it was one, it was a great, uh, well, one, I didn't even know what Anaplan was until I was thrown into it. Right. And, and so for even for even you know even if I had known about Anaplan, um, I think I still would have wanted to go down the partner route just because um, I feel like you you know I'd love some feedback on this, but I feel like you don't really um, you you know when you're getting good at Anaplan when when you realize uh, what you don't know about Anaplan when when you like what you what you haven't done in the in the system yet or or you know 
when you start asking the right questions about how to how to get to something. And so I feel like if you just take the training, you almost, you don't know what you don't know. And I think and I and I think that's a um, I don't think that's a great place to be at when you're trying to go independent because um, I think it's it's good to kind of get a lot of different different experiences um, prior to kind of making making that step. And so. You know, I think the support network is certainly great. I think the the vast variety of client and use cases that those people can can get exposed to really quickly is is also very awesome. And and for some people, like they may realize that that's actually the path they want to go on. Maybe they don't care to go independent. You know, you know, again, you don't know until until you try it out. You know, it's not it's certainly not for everybody. Um, and and uh, and so that's why I always say, you know, it's it there's no harm in trying it out. Right. Um, prior to going independent, you know, I, this is, this is a fairly new step for me. I don't completely know if it's for me or not, but you know, I'm willing to try it out. Right. And so you just, you just kind of make that pivot. You make that change. I think what's really great about Anaplan though, is like, you know, there's a, there's a ton of demand out there and there's a ton of, um, there's a ton of opportunity out there. And so this is the, this is the right time to kind of kind of get into that and kind of going back to an earlier comment you made about getting Anaplan to, Kind of unrepresented communities, right? You know, I think Anaplan is they have the correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's called the Correlation One program, right? Yes, which I'm uh, currently serving as a mentor for. Yeah, I was thinking about them. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. When I when I think about the kids that I that I taught in Memphis, right? You know, there there's there there's so many of them that yes, they'll 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 go to college and they'll get four year degrees and a lot of them won't get the starting salaries that we're seeing in the Anaplan ecosystem right now. And, and, and for them, right. That's a, that's a life-changing amount of money. That's how, that's the difference between getting their family out and in, into a better, into a better situation. And, and those are not, and not only is it is about the money, but it's a, it's a, it's a long-term career opportunity. Right. And, and, and that's, and I think that's what the coolest thing is, is we're getting them, there's this opportunity to get them into a, a career that's sustainable that's not you know that they can grow with that they can move with and you know it's not a it's not a job that that's based on you know a company's headquarters being in a specific location it's a remote you know you they can live wherever they need to be and i think and i think that's what's really cool and so yeah i mean certainly as i have time going independent that's certainly an area that i'm going to be looking into because i think um there's there's just so much opportunity there because um one there's you know uh, from a demand perspective the demand's there but um, like I said, there's also quote unquote a, a supply of of people that are eager and and willing to take those opportunities. And I think um, I'm really happy to see Anaplan kind of make those make those steps because you know what we do can be achieved through training. We're not we're not neurosurgeons <laughs> by by any means. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. I'm definitely happy to make an introduction if that's something you're interested in down the road. It was on my, it was on my list of things to talk to you about, Dadish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think uh, another area I think um, we sort of alluded to, but it's kind of the the experience you want to gain. Um, you know, Even if you're not thinking about it from going independent lens, even if you're just trying to accelerate your career, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it takes a few projects before you feel like, okay, I think I got the Santa plan thing. Like how many projects did it take you to to realize, okay, you know, I can actually do this. You know, I know what I'm doing. I would I would say, let's see, after the first one, I was like, okay, I think I can build a module. <laughs> <laughs> um, after and then um I, I would say I would say it probably took um I, I would say it took two more. 
for it. So total, I, I would say total of three for me to feel like, okay, yeah, I can, okay, you need me to model, but I got you. Like, you know, I feel extremely confident in, in you know, whatever is coming down from a requirements perspective that I will be able to kind of um, either, either be able to do it or ask the right questions to the right people to get to the right answer. And, and that, that second part is really important. You know, being able to ask the right questions from a technical perspective, because then you, you kind of have a vision of what you're trying to get to. You can talk through, okay, this is what I've tried in the past, and this is what I think I should be going. And then you can bounce it off a solution architect who has probably got a little bit more experience that can be like, ah, we should think about using this or doing it this way, or this is why this is a bad idea, right? And that and that's how you really grow. But I would, I would again, emphasize, right? You know, I would argue it took me like, you know, three three implementations there to, to really, to really feel extremely confident because, you know, I had, I had pivotal people in each of those experiences that really helped me take, take my skills to the next level. Right. Um, and, and I think that, that piece is really important from an experience perspective. What I'm trying to get out of kind of going independent, I think is, is more, um, one, I think it, being independent, you get a lot of opportunities to kind of do a little bit more, a, a lot more building on existing architecture. And I think there's something to be, there's definitely something to be said about that because, um, you know, they're not hiring entire implementation teams to do kind of these enhancements. And you get, I think you get to see a lot more about, uh, you get to see a lot more architectures and how people built models. You can see the good and the bad. You know, if it's, if it's good, great. You get to work with a great model. If it's bad, that's also really great. You know what not to do in the future and why, um, and, 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 and how you, how you get away from, from that, that particular scenario. So, you know, I think it's actually the best of both worlds, whether it's a good architecture or bad architecture, I think, um, really going independent, you, there's this opportunity to be able to kind of pick and choose those, those scenarios. Um, and so that, that's what it's, that's what it's really about for, for me is, is kind of being, being able to be very specific in, 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 in what experiences that I'm, I'm trying to get. And to be frank right now, um, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get experiences in industries that I'm interested in, passionate about. And, and so I've sought out, you know, those relationships and, and those contacts and, um, you know, a year from now it might be, okay, I, I want to hone in on this industry or a year from now it might be, okay, I want to hone in on this particular use case. Or it could be, hey, actually, I want to go learn this new use case, and I actually just want to be a model builder and go learn this new use case. I don't, I don't care to be the solution architect because I want to go. And and so I think that level of flexibility is just, um, it's incredible, and I think is a little bit more difficult um, in a in a hierarchical relationship with an employer. So when you think about it from like a model builder solution architect relationship standpoint, and for you now being on the other side. I think we could safely call you a solution architect. Um, what do you think uh, is kind of the big difference between an essay and a model builder? It's 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 certainly the you, you got to feel really confident about the model building, right? Um, but I think the the step that gets you away from you know a certified L three model builder to a a, a real a confident solution architect is is when you're in when you're in conversations with the client. I think it's a it's it's not instantly turning your gears into translating that into Anaplan models. It's just taking a step back, understanding the entire business process, and then translating that into 
into uh, into models. But even even before the translation, there's there's several questions you got to ask yourself, right? It's is this is this the right process? Are we fitting a bad process into Anaplan? Because Anaplan, you can build Anaplan to do anything you want, but what it doesn't do is fix a bad process, right? And I think I think we all know that we've all been on implementations where that's been the case, um, or we've or we've come in, come in behind an implementation where that's been the case, and so then you're then you're doing rework or patchwork, and you want to get away from that, right? And so and so I think the I think the the, the opportunity of of what separates um, a really good solution architect from just you know a model builder that can kind of retrofit is being able to go okay timeout like let's talk about this process end to end here um, does this make sense you know are we I, I understand you know we did client interviews and and we're we've got requirements for these kind of edge cases you know do these edge cases make sense in the larger MVP product that we're trying to build build out for this phase right are we spending you know are we spending you know 30, 40% of our build time for 10% of the planning process. You know, should we, should we, should we go back and talk about this edge case and this planning process and how we can maybe just improve it? You know, is it, is, is this process the way it is? Because that, because that's just the way it's been done. And I think a lot of times you'll, we'll realize that, yes, that, that is exactly why it's, it's because somebody's just been doing it that way. And I think it's really important for SA to call that out um, because Building out edge cases in Anoplan is it's not fun. It's uh, you know it requires a lot of um, uh, quote unquote workarounds, right? And that may not that may not gently fit into the larger process. And so you want to make sure that we that we get away with that. And so so kind of going back to your question here, without getting into details, I, I think it's it's being able to take a step back and look at the larger picture without getting so bogged down with the details of how many modules am I going to create. What dimensions am I going to use? Right, it's 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 the it's all the questions and steps you have to take before you even get into those dimensionality conversations. Yes, you're you want to know you want to figure out what level they're planning at. Yes, all of those pieces are important. But it, does their process even make sense? Like, do should we be planning at that level? Is there is there an opportunity to take it to a different level that gives that drives more insights? Because you know what's the plan? What's the point of doing an entire implementation if you're if if you're just doing the same thing you were doing in Excel in Anaplan, right? There's there's definitely there's definitely something to be said about that because it is more efficient in general if you do if you do a true lift and shift. But I think a lot of clients want to do um, an enhancement from their current process. But what a lot of sometimes the requirements will be the old process and not the new process. And so uh, I think it's important to always always be cognizant of that and always calling that out and questioning that um, while you're kind of putting the end-to-end -end flow chart together. Right. And I think a lot of that ties back to multiple things you've touched on, right? Like those soft skills you mentioned earlier on, right? Like those are critical when you have these kind of discussions. It's not necessarily about which modules are you going to build, what formulas are you going to use. That all is like second nature. Those are kind of afterthoughts. I think from a solution architect perspective, it's, all right, am I designing something that's going to be worthwhile? For the customer to implement like is it actually providing value is this going to be useful are they going to like it are there ways where we can out improve the solution like you as a consultant have that big responsibility to deliver something not just exactly what the customer wants but you also need to chime in and offer your kind of recommendations and where they can do things a bit better yeah i mean i think a you know i think a perfect example or just a situation is, is really you know you have to understand that 
all these clients that you're interviewing, like they, they have a day job. This implementation is probably already on top of their insanely busy schedule. Right. And, you know, it's your job to come in with, you've been hired to give a recommendation, right? You've been hired to be the expert. You're the Anaplan expert. And it's your job to be able to listen to all of the conversations and go, hey, so-and-so in this department and so-and-so in this department are pretty much doing the same thing. Like, how is this for a solution? You know, is there, is there an opportunity to consolidate here? And a lot of times when you run that up and down the chain, you'll realize that people are, people are pretty receptive of that. You know, if you can, if you can eliminate a spreadsheet for somebody or, or make the, you know, you know, if somebody's job, if somebody's job is to consolidate, right? Like that's, that's immediately an opportunity, right? You know, we don't need to be grabbing 10 different workbooks and, and trying to piece it together, right? And a plan, we can, we should be able to do that one dashboard. Right. And, and so, you know, it's being able, you know, that's a very simplistic example, but it's being able to kind of see those, see those opportunities and be able to communicate that really, really well. Yeah. And one thing I've recently discovered too, is, you know, like the money or the value is actually in those meetings and conversations. It's not actually in the technical model building. The value we provide is in the true consulting and the soft skills. Definitely. And, and making sure that, Anoplan is retrofitted to a well-oiled running kind of process flow that that everyone's kind of agreed on. And yeah, is, is you know, is everyone going to get everything they want out of the system? No, that's that, but that's that's you know, that's never the case. And so that's where enhancements come in. But you know, for somebody that's brand new to Anoplan, really understanding what that MVP, that minimal vi- minimum viable product looks like, is extremely extremely important. Yeah, I'm I'm curious, um, and maybe Don Donish might have to chime in here as well just because you've kind of just jumped over into the independent space but do you feel like those conversations are easier the same or harder to have with the client uh, kind of coming from the independent perspective as opposed to a lot of times when you're on a partner project uh, there are resources that are kind of uh, allocated to the project to help facilitate those conversations do you guys have any insight into into kind of the difficulty of you know proposing process changes when you come in for an Anaplan specific job. I can, I can give my two cents and I'd love to hear Donish's perspective on this. You know, even in, even in the short time that I've been kind of by myself, but independent here, you know, there's already, you know, the clients have, have gone, you know, it, you know, and feel free to propose, you know, a better idea if you, if you have one. Right. And so, so I think, I think the important thing to keep in mind is whether you work for a partner or on your own, is whether you work for a partner, you're a consultant. If you're independent, you're still a consultant. You're just not working for a partner. You're just on your own. But at the end of the day, you're still a consultant and your job is to provide a perspective. And um, and if there is a better perspective, you should communicate it. And and I think most people, um, at, at least I, I would say just about everybody I've interacted with uh, in this space during an implementation is if there's, a, if there's a better approach that makes something similar, I think People are highly receptive to it. Um, if you can clearly, um, if you can clearly delineate, you know what the what the pro is of, of of going down a certain path, and that sometimes sparks other conversations, which are which are always great. But um, so yeah, personally, um, I, I don't see kind of one one case being easier than the other. I think it actually comes down to just your relationship with the client and how uh, and and how comfortable you feel kind of making making that is. Um, which I think um, doesn't 
it doesn't matter if you're with a partner or independent, your relationship with the client is your relationship with the client. Yeah, agreed. And that was actually a really good question. And I think my my two cents on it, I think kind of echo a little bit of what Sorge said. Um, you can have kind of good advice, right? It doesn't matter if you're working as an employee or as if you're independent. Um, it's it's kind of really your job as a consultant to bring that to the table. This is kind of almost technology agnostic outside of Anaplan. Like they're looking to you for that. So you need to have that, right? I think if you're an independent and you don't have that, well, you shouldn't be independent. Yep. And I think, I, yeah, I think naturally that's kind of what Anaplan does in a sense too, is that it, it, it almost naturally shines a light or kind of holds up a mirror to the process itself. And a lot of times just during the implementation, it's going to kind of point out some opportunities for improvement. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's right on. So going back into more of the, the specific kind of use case in your FPNA background, what are, what are some of the challenges you've noticed that, that differentiate or that differ from some of the other use cases that you find in, in the FPNA world in an Anaplan context, obviously? As far as, you know, as far as challenges go, I, I wouldn't say that, um, I wouldn't say that I can, you know, off the top of my head here, come up with um, kind of very specific challenges in, in the FPNA world. What I would say is, I think, challenges that you that you run into sometimes in, in projects in general, though, with Anaplan implementations is, you know, true, making sure you truly understand the scope of the project and the timeline that you've been that you've been given or is agreed upon, right? Really understanding what MVP looks like in an FPNA use case, right? You know, does that does that are we are we talking all three statements, income statement, PL, cash flow? Are we talking, you know, you know, what exactly are we talking about? Are we are, you know, if it's only one of you know, if we're only trying to trying to drive down to a PL statement, are we, you know, what are we doing to create the model in a way that somebody else can come in and build the other statements off of or do other iterations like, uh, you know, build, build an OPEX model, um, a more granular OPEX model on top of that or a CapEx model or uh, workforce planning on top of the existing data, right? If, you know, if you're a professional services company, your workforce planning needs to be connected to, uh, you know, that that's going to be directly connected to a, a revenue line item, right, on your PL statement. And so, you know, those those pieces have to be kind of um, put together um, prior to kind of getting started and understanding the dependencies. So I would really say it's, it's you know, it's, it's understanding and making sure you have a clear line of sight into what build is dependent on another build. And, you know, do we do we understand exactly what features are going to be delivered at the end of a timeline. And when you demo after sprints and whatnot, there's always a little, you know, there's always going to be feedback and enhancements that comes out of that. But you want to make sure if we're if we're trying to stay true true to an MVP that we really manage those expectations in terms of, okay, you know, for this go around, like this is the functionality that we, you know, we've been able to agree on, we've been able to deliver. This additional functionality is something that, yes, we should absolutely come back to towards the end of this project um, if we have time or something that we should add on to it, um, you know, post go live as as go live support or hyper care enhancements and whatnot. You know, I think I think really it's I, I've always found that those to be the the biggest challenges in, in Anaplan. It's it's those it, it's really those softer deadlines, not the right word, um, kind of softer. I don't, I don't know what the right word is. It's it's the. Uh, milestones or, or uh, 
Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's kind of those softer milestones. It's it's not so much hard technical um, milestones that that need to be achieved or, or questions or roadblocks. It's it's making sure the entire team is kind of on the on the same page of 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 what is to be expected of the sprint. Because I think what's really cool is when people see on a plan, they get a lot of a lot of ideas as soon as they start seeing dashboards and stuff like that. And that's and that's great. Um, you you want that, and you want to you want to make sure you capture that excitement and those features. Um, but we got to be careful about, you know, how much of that can we get in in the timeline that we agreed to, right? And so that I think just brings up another great point about Anaplan is it's very it's very iterative, right? When it's you can easily build on top of it, and um, and so you know being able to communicate that I think is is really important and 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 something that can go a long way in in, in someone's career in Anaplan, being able to kind of do that properly. What are your thoughts then on? customers when they implement a single model for like a single use case versus perhaps a multi-use case implementation from like a value perspective? Do you think customers who only implement one are getting the most out of the product? I'd really say that it doesn't depend on, um, I don't think the differentiator should be single versus multi from a value perspective. I think that, I think there's no value gain from Anaplan if the customer isn't able to maintain or service the ecosystem post go live after consultants leave. I think that's, I think that is an area that customers um, should focus on more, more than anything. Um, it's, you know, do, do you have the resources to maintain this ecosystem either in-house or through a third party firm? Right. And I think, you know, as you guys know, a lot of, a lot of the larger Anaplan clients have entire divisions dedicated to Anaplan enhancements, maintaining the ecosystem, um, you know, defect logs, et cetera. There's entire people dedicated to this, right? But as smaller clients, like, is this going to be somebody's second job? You know, is that, you know, that's, and that's something, that's something that needs to be um, taken into account. So I would say, I would say the value in Anaplan, forget if it's single model or multi-case, it's, uh, if it's single model, do you, do you have the resource to maintain that singular model? If it's multi-model, do you have the resources to maintain the the multiple models and 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 making sure that and making sure that when end users come up with um, defects or questions, you know, is it is it going is there an appropriate kind of center of excellence put in place um, to 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 be able to to handle those types of requests? I think that's really where I think that's really the pivot point between whether you can gain value out of Anaplan or not is. Because I think inherently the system is is clearly valuable in the way that it's so connected. If you do a multi, if you do a multi model, but that multi model is completely useless if you don't have somebody that is there to help you roll over to the next month, do cutover for the next year, or be able to take end user feedback and be able to iterate on it quickly. Yeah, that was that was spectacular. I think uh, you nailed all of that. That was really good insight. Yeah. Um... Anything else to add, Sorja? I, I, we've covered a lot of topics today. Obviously, we uh, we want to thank you for for jumping on with us today. But if if you have anything else you'd like us to cover, we'd love to to capture it here at the end. No, you know, I you know, I, I would just say that one. I think it's it's awesome that you guys are even uh, kind of doing this podcast and and kind of interviewing different different people in the in the ecosystem. I think I I'm I'm trying to think of another ecosystem that that has people like this that are trying different things out that and maybe maybe it exists and i'm just not a part of that community but you know when i 
when I think of the people like Jared, who are like the retail powerhouses and, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of uh, several other people that are, that are great kind of in that supply chain space or territory and quota space, um, even, even in Anaplan on Anaplan community, you can kind of see who those, who those powerhouses are and, and the people with, with so much experience and how they, how they just kind of put it out there for, for everybody to consume. You know, I think it's, it's honestly like kind of humbling to be a part of, part of an ecosystem like that, you know, people, people start go through their entire, I think, careers, um, kind of doing, you know, doing a type of job or doing several types of jobs. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I say this now, but I, you know, I think I'm going to make a career out of Anaplan for, uh, for sure. And, and, and I don't think that has to look any type of way. I think there's so many opportunities within the ecosystem. It doesn't have to be building models all the time. It doesn't have to be solution architecting all the time. I think what's really cool is there, there's so many, there's so much opportunity. It can be it can just be training if I wanted it to be right. I mean, there's an entire, there's entire bodies of work and demand for that. It can be, you know, uh, it, it could, it could even look like enhancements, you know, working, you know, working, working with a company to, to, to make it even better. Um, and, and so there's just so much opportunity and I think it's honestly just kind of humbling to be a part of an ecosystem like that. Cause I don't, I don't know of one that's so new that's, that's got so much out there for everybody to kind of consume. Um, and I think, I think Anaplan's done a, done a really great job of creating that community kind of membership base and really making it pretty accessible. If, if, in my opinion, uh, compared to a lot of other technologies out there. Well, certainly I, I know that that's kind of the goal of the podcast here. We know that there's plenty of the talent is out there in the ecosystem. It's just, how can we start connecting some of these people? How do we connect some of these ideas and, uh, you know, everybody's bringing something uh, great to the table, but kind of just reinforcing that community atmosphere, um, I think, is what has helped Anaplan and what, you know, will only help continue to help it moving forward. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, awesome. Thanks again, Sorja. Uh, we'll certainly look to having you on another time, and we'd love to hear, you know, how your business develops in the upcoming future. Awesome. Thanks for the time, guys. Thank you for listening to the Best Practice Podcast. We hope you have gained a few valuable insights from our guests and hosts during this episode. If you would like to hear more best practices, be sure to subscribe and follow along so you can catch every episode as we release them to the community on a weekly basis. 